Kane is in the building. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. It, it sounds like Kane is in the building. That would make sense, too, because they're raising Kane's, and the song is right above it. <laughs> yeah. They're raising it to right above it. Yeah. I always thought it was haters in the building. <laughs> I thought it was, too. It might be. I'm pretty I'll sure it's... Check, who the yeah. fuck is Kane? To my Hollywood shows and uh, that's slum dog. Oh, it is Kane. Kane is in the building. Who the fuck is Kane? Because I just googled haters in the building, and then it went to a Reddit post where people are like, it's actually Kane, and everyone's just like, I definitely thought it was haters in the building. That was like my, one of my favorite lines of all time, and now you're taking it away from me. I'm sorry, because it's the guy's name is Kane Beats. Ugh. Wow. That's the guy who produced it. Alright, well this actually fits in better to what I was going to talk about with this song. Because now it's we... Daddy Mobbing too. It's a classic song. Bottoms Up. The show goes on. Lupe Fiasco. Oh my god. Super Bass, Nicki Minaj. Holy shit. Oh dude, yeah, I thought they say haters in the building in all those. It's Kane is in the building. <laughs> Haters in the building. Some of the songs it makes sense that it wasn't haters in the building. But haters actually the building. all of them make sense. <laughs> it all makes sense to have haters in the building, bro. God damn it. I don't bust back because I shoot I just now, okay, I was going to say, I just now understood what he said there. I was driving in the car with Scott uh-huh. in LA. I can, I can wind it back a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful fade out. <laughs> which, uh, which... Well, this, this verse here. This one's interesting. Never understood this. What does that mean? This is rap so, genius. Is he talking about like a red bone? I don't know what that means though, to be honest. Beautiful black bitch. I bet that shit look better red. Yeah. He's talking about like if she was a blood. Yeah. Okay. Maybe... Maybe if she was on her period? Mm, beautiful black woman, I bet that bitch looked better red. So he's saying, like, come join the team. You'd look better next to me. Okay, that's the best. That's the best. You'd look uh, better in red. That's definitely better than I bet you would look better on your period. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Um, yeah, never got that one. Never got that one. Yeah. Well, so this, the next one... That's a sick line too. Yeah. How do he say what's never said? <laughs> oh, I think that's I think that's the point. Beautiful black woman, I bet that bitch looked better red. Yeah, no one's ever said that. Yeah, true. Okay, so that's the whole point of the How line. How do he say what's never said? Holy shit. Okay, 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 okay. This is why this is why I was talking about this last night. 
with uh, Lucas and Dom. So yeah, I guess he's saying like, why would I say she'd look better? Yeah, why would I red say that? Because <laughs> she's black. He could have said anything there that was weird, and it would have made the rap fucking hard as shit. But he needed to line it up with. Beautiful black woman, I bet that bitch look better red. Limping off tour because I made more of. Limping off tour because I made more off my second leg. <laughs> oh Which shit! Which is hard as fuck. Yeah, that's hard as fuck. That's hard as fuck, <laughs> dude. All right, spin it, spin it, spin it. Second leg, motherfucking Birdman Junior. Eleventh grade. Pause it. Yeah, that's when he got signed. I never realized that he says motherfucking Birdman Junior. Eleventh grade. Because mm-hmm. you're a junior in 11th grade. Ooh. I never realized that. <laughs> That's funny as fuck, <laughs> I was driving down the road. I just assumed he got signed to Birdman in 11th grade. No, I think it's because... Because he's a junior. He's a junior. You're in 11th grade. That's a that's a very much a Drake punchline. Exactly. That yeah. is the quintessential, quintessential Drizzy rap. In this time period of punchlines. It's crazy. Like, we were we were driving down the road. I had a rental car. But, dude, card. tripping off tour because I made more off my second yeah. leg is now, so hard. Now off his I'm... second leg of tour, he made so much money. Now, now that we're analyzing it, I realize that the one that blew my mind was the least <laughs> hardest line in the whole in that whole phrase. Like the fucking meta first line where he just says something crazy because some shit that someone's never said. Like this is kind of okay. I feel like if you were to ask people who were the best rappers of all time, people always have like their go tos. The most basic, like I'm just trying not to piss anybody off. So you always go like Tupac, Biggie, Eminem, Eminem, Nas. Like people will say shit like that, but. I feel like I, I would I'd be willing to bet that if you ask people top five rappers of all time, very few people would say Lil Wayne. However, once they got finished their list and you said, yo, what about Lil Wayne? Everybody would be like, oh shit, true. Yeah. And then they kick somebody For out of the sure. list. So it's weird how like he is overlooked. And he literally tells you in the song, never <laughs> overlook me. He had one final request. Yeah. Can't Dude. see me, but never overlook <laughs> Can't me. Can't see me, but never overlook me. Yeah, dude. Uh, they uh, that was some good fucking shit. TikTok on the clock, chalk, chalk, chalk. Six forty-one Eastern. Yeah, true. We do gotta start. Daylight time, folks. We are coming at you live on, in, and from the studio. Merrick Glazer. I'm Jimmy Sulaisky. <laughs> <laughs> I was tabbed out. Yeah. <laughs> what you do fucking, I say you now? You tabbed out. You, you went to go look up genius.com for the fucking <laughs> lyrics to that. <laughs> You're coming off the better bit. red. <laughs> How is it spelled? R e d r e a d. Some shit I never said. My name. <laughs> coming off the big birthday weekend, dude. Tell yeah. me about it, dude. I miss that shit. Yeah, um, yeah, birthday was pretty, you know, 31. 31's a lot different than your 30th birthday. Very true. You know? Nobody cares. No one gives a fuck. Evidently, because all my friends forgot it was my... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you were out of town. That's true. Uh, Mahedi, like, eight months in advance, was like, I can't make it. Wow. Um, he said he couldn't make it like before you even invited him. Yeah, he said uh, he couldn't make it last year on my birthday. Mahedi <laughs> loves saying he can't make it, dude. I wouldn't be surprised if he has like an auto response on his text for when somebody texts oh, yeah, him. Yeah, he has I like can't. an aim away message. That's just <laughs> can't like, make nah, it. can't make it. Like, damn, dude. Um, yeah, so we had a, like a, me and Liz's birthdays are back to back. So we had a, uh, a brunch party over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Who all came out to the Sunday shindig? Um, JT. <laughs> Dan didn't come? Dan and Marissa texted me at 9.30 the day before at night. What the fuck? And said they can't make it. Alex made it. My brother made okay, it. Okay, Alex made it. <laughs> yeah, my brother and JT came from D.C., so that was Damn. nice. Damn. But then also, you know, all of our, like, me and Liz's friends were there, and then her siblings, and then... Did you tell, like, Matt Brown or anything to come out? Well, I didn't know how many people were coming, because I, like, sent the invite out, and then a lot of people didn't respond until the night before, after I already prepped all the food and stuff. I think we need to have a friends meeting. Because uh, I have also been a little underwhelmed by our performance in terms of like doing shit that like like nobody responded to my fucking Renfest text. Really? Yeah. Is that some well, kind that of sick was, fucking joke? I was hurt. I was hurt from no one responding to my invite text to my brunch. It, doesn't that piss so you I off? I didn't respond to yours. Oh, hurt people, hurt people, Jimmy. <laughs> That's true, dude. <laughs> yeah, I gave you a pass. I was like, damn. I actually thought about texting that text. Uh, the day that was your birthday, and I was like, I feel like that'd be in bad taste mm. to just—it's your actual. It wasn't your birthday brunch day, but it was your yeah, birthday birthday, the actual day. And I was like, I'm not. That's in poor taste. Yeah, yeah. But what's also in poor taste is none of none of our friends saying anything. And I thought we all loved the Renfest. Turns out it was just me. I didn't realize the whole time it was just me. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Here we go. It's, it's not my thing. I okay. don't think. I'd, I'd be down to go again. I would have thought Liz liked it. She doesn't like it? I don't know. She might like it. I, uh, I I'll just text her. I mean, it was fun. It was fun when we went, but I'm also like, it's definitely not my cup of tea. Uh, that's fair, dude. And it's like fun to do once a year, you know? That's fair. Yeah. I thought it would make sense just because like the Ravens game super early that day. Mm. So I know like all of our friends' excuses would be like, oh, I'm not trying to miss the game. It's like, dude, the game's in London. It's yeah. at fucking 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you have no excuse. The game will be over at 1, and we have some fun. But I guess uh, I guess that's not happening this year. Thanks a lot, my friends. Um, Listen, I hate Jimmy. I'll go. <laughs> okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> you I called me out here. <laughs> I got to accept. I thought it'd be cool also because it's like halfway between D.C. and Baltimore. So like JT could come. Yeah, true. Shit, it's like, yeah, when yeah. am I going to meet JT? When am I going to meet JT? When am I going to meet JT's girlfriend? Mm, when are we gonna see true. did jt's girlfriend come to your birthday thing no no no. wow no. exactly so when are you gonna meet her yeah i guess the next time i go to dc i'm just out here trying i'm trying i i feel us becoming 30 somethings mm-hmm. and it's it's rough and yeah. like you know it's very easy to fall into the whole like nah i don't feel like doing shit but it's like dude sometimes you just gotta do shit mm-hmm. so it keeps you young keeps you alive um but yeah so i guess you know you still had all liz's friends at the birthday thing mm-hmm cook anything special uh yeah made really good chicken and waffles and uh made like a big fruit salad and Mm -hmm. then made like a you know like those big drink dispensers we made one of those but of cold brew nice and then it was jacked up at the party uh our friend juliana works for a uh like liquor store distributor so she brought like a case of champagne Mm. We made mimosas and shit. It was good. It was Let's a fun go. time. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Um, yeah, so you missed out, bitch. Well, I was just going <laughs> to tell you that you missed out because a long time ago, I was trying to get everybody to come to LA, which everyone, well, you didn't bail. You just said no, which is, that's not bailing. Yeah. That is just being like, I think I was like, birthday. no, that's my birthday weekend. 
And then I tried to spin and it's like, yeah, I meant let's go for your birthday. <laughs> I got I to gotta get better about putting people's birthdays in my calendar because I always know that month when people's birthdays are. But outside of that, it's like I'll, do, I'll accidentally book share my own birthday sometimes. I have to be like, oh, shit, I forgot I have one of those. But uh, yeah, Dan and Dom bailed. Mahedi kind of bailed. It was more it was more my fault, kind of. And I only say that because, you know, if it's your idea, then you kind of have to be the one to, like, make the moves. And you know how I am about, like, planning anything. I just didn't plan the plane flight until the week of. Mm. And I really got fucked on the plane ticket, too, because it was, like, $400 for a round trip. And apparently it would have been, like, uh, 200 if I would have gotten it, like, a month ago. Mm-hmm. So, like we talked about in the past with the whole, like, how to plan a travel trip, the plane thing is definitely something you want to do in advance. Definitely want to do that in advance. But plane like, and train. Yep. I've been fucked by the Amtrak before. But it actually kind of worked out better because now that I wasn't traveling with a bunch of people, I just hit up Scott. I was like, yo, can I just crash at your place? Because mm-hmm. you couldn't have done that with like five people, you yeah. know? So we would have had to get a well, hotel. Because now that you're paying the same amount you would have paid a month ago for a flight in a hotel, yeah, that's all on a flight now. Exactly. Yeah. So, and also, you know, like I said, I had to get that rental, but it was, it was a fuck. It was probably my best. It was probably my best trip out to LA. And mm. I, I, I owe it all to, uh, the LFTS podcast, uh, for giving me the advice of always get that rental whip, dude. Mm. The thing about the thing that I realized being out in LA is the whole County is considered LA. Yeah. And so, it's like when you go out to there, when as a as a person who's not from there, which is me and also pretty much everyone there, um, you go there and you just like the same way that we'll think about like Hereford, Catonsville, Woodlawn, Dundalk, blah, blah, blah. And like if somebody came out to Baltimore, they'd just be like driving around and like they don't know the whole like city county. So they're just like, I'm in Baltimore or whatever. I'm driving around. I'm going this place to that place. And then like it could take you like 40 minutes to get from Hereford to Woodlawn or something like that. But like with LA, it's because I'm thinking like this is all LA. We'd be driving places and it is LA, but it's like you don't realize how fucking spread out that shit is. Mm-hmm. It's like I kind of boggle my mind. It's like, oh, but if I was from here, I would just the same way that if you were like, well, this is Taos and this is Parkville, people are like in LA are thinking like, well, that's Culver City, that's fucking this thing, that's that thing. So it's more like sh- like kind of gridded out for them yeah. versus me. I just felt like I was just driving this endless abyss. But at the same time, it was like the amount of shit we were able to do and just go everywhere and do stuff. It was fucking wild, dude. It was honestly fucking wild. Definitely the best. Uh, definitely the best experience I've had so far. Nice. What'd you get into? Mm. Also, this is like your first experience where you're not like homeless out there. Yeah, I got to say that was a big plus. That was a big plus. I went out there with Mahedi like a couple of uh, times ago. And uh, that was cool, but still, we didn't have the whip. We just were Ubering mm-hmm. everywhere, and that shit adds up. Yeah. But it's it's cool because like the writer strikes going on, so Scott's really not working much, which mm. is great for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we're just we went uh, Saturday night. We went to like a house party the night before. I have kind of stories about all these things, but like uh, the house party was just interesting because like that was when I realized that it was like I tweeted this last night, and it got like five likes, which for me is like That's one viral. of my all time tweets of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was in Baltimore, the thing they always say is like, yo, what high school did you go to? And in Jersey, going to Towson, I know Jersey people. And their thing is always like, yo, what exit are you? Like the turnpike, ac- mm-hmm. turnpike exit. The literal first question anybody asks anybody in LA is, where are you from? Mm. It's like crazy that that's the culture. Just assume that like, and then when somebody says like, yo, I'm actually from here. It's like, what? 
what the fuck? You know, <laughs> it's kind of wild. But, uh, you know, so we rolled into that house party. That was cool. We tried to go out to a nightclub. I keep on calling it a nightclub. It's a bar. I don't know the difference between a nightclub and a, a bar, kind of. I just assume that anything in LA is a nightclub. Yeah. You know? I assume anything you're paying like a cover charge for is a nightclub. Yeah. So we go out there uh, on, I think it was like Friday night, and they all want to go to this place called No Vacancy, which I have been to in the past. I don't like it. And mm. I think I've even talked about this on the podcast, you know, years back, last time I was out there, how like, to me, this club kind of is emblematic of all the things I hate about not saying I hate LA because I love LA. I like being out there. I was depressed as fuck when I got back. Like the post depression, the post vacation depression was hitting me. Like I could not have done the podcast on Monday. Mm. I could just simply could not have. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got, I was like three hours, but like jet lag, my sleep schedule has been all fucked up this week. You know, I can, I can handle the three hours back cause you just stay up later. Yeah. But like the three hours forward, it's like, fuck man, I'm getting it up at 10 AM regardless of what the clock says. And if the clock says it's 1 PM, you know, that's what time I'm getting yeah, up, fucking. you know? But uh, anyway, so we're out there and we go to this place and like he's trying to, Scott's trying to meet up with his friends and I was like, all right, like I'll go, whatever, you know, because his friends are chill. His mm-hmm. friends are cool. Um, and so we go up to the door and one of Scott's, one of the guys we're with is wearing like a tank top. And so this bouncer comes from like across the parking lot. It's a small parking lot. It's in, it's in the hills. It's in the hills. So whatever. The guy's wearing like a fucking pea coat. I'm like, dude, get over it. They're all wearing pea coats. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. So he walks up and he's like, uh, he's like, just gonna let you guys know uh, that tank toss can be a problem. I was like, all right. Luckily, the other guy we were we were with was wearing two layers. He wow, had a thank regular God. shirt and like a flannel. <laughs> and so we gave the flannel to the other guy with the tank top, and boom, we were good. So we take three steps more, and then he goes. Also, we can't let you in without a reservation. So now the guy's just coming up with reasons to not let us in. Yeah. Now, to give people context, some background context, for anybody who's not familiar with this place, which I'm assuming is most people, but also maybe a lot of people are familiar with it. The whole thing about this club is like, it's kind of like this speakeasy, because mm-hmm. that's like cool, speakeasy, you know, which the fact that everybody knows about it kind of gets rid of that whole thing. Yeah, the fact that there's a line out the door yeah. through a parking lot yeah it's not where the bouncer had to walk across the parking lot to you in the line yes yes that's now, that yeah <laughs> the, now the, the problem is that this time there was literally no line and the other thing is there's no line what happens is last time i went there i feel like is what it is normally like which is mm-hmm. they have like the entrance to the place and then they have like this squared off area with like red like bank ropes you know like stretched mm-hmm. out and everybody just kind of circles around that area and the bouncers just walk around in the middle of it and just pick people like you're just standing there and the bouncers walking around and he just goes like all right you guys who are you with all right you can go in and it's very like uh i was saying to scott i was like well, the thing that pisses me off about this is that like so many people out here would be like so like if you were to talk about like discrimination or anything mm-hmm. or like this thing, ageism, sexism, blahism, thisism, they would be so adamantly against it. Mm-hmm. But yet the amount of people that that like literally strive to go to these places where the entire gimmick is you're being discriminated against. Like yeah. if I walk up to a bar and it's like me and four dudes and they're looking at you like, well, it's four dudes and the clothes you're wearing aren't that fresh. 
and like you got no girls with you and all this other shit. You don't look like you're about to spend that much money. Like they'll make you wait for like an hour. Meanwhile, another group of guys will walk up and be like, all right, you guys are good. And it's like, that's literally discrimination. Is there any other definition for that? I guess. They but are, it's also like, it's good business practice, I guess. Because yeah. you're like, oh, okay, this this idiot's walking around with $5,000 worth of clothing. He's going to rack up a barbell. Yeah, I guess. But there's a lot of arguments that could be made as, for discrimination, you know, but like, uh, I thought we were supposed to be against that in society. Mm. I didn't realize that in certain contexts, it was completely acceptable uh, to just tell someone, no, you're just not cool enough to come in here. I mean, I'm surprised you're so against this. <laughs> Why would I be against it, dude? Because it's it's a private business. You want the government to tell a private business how they can conduct business? Fair point. Fair point. And I'm not saying they should be outlawed. I'm just saying... <laughs> you they you have, just don't like it now that you're being discriminated. Yeah, yeah. I love discrimination when I'm discriminating. <laughs> but now that I'm the discriminated... No, I mean, like, look, here's the thing. Here's the agreement with with uh, private businesses and shit like that. It's like, I don't think that they shouldn't be allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. However, I also don't want to go there. Like, yeah. because I that's not what, like, that's not what, like, makes me find value. And I think that there's a certain amount of, I think there's a certain aspect of people where, like, I didn't even know there was a bar next door because when basically what happened was then he's telling us we don't we don't we can't get in without a reservation and we're like all right can we how do we do that he's like we got to get a bottle and the bottle's like four fifty and mm-hmm. I'm like oh, fuck that you know I'm not gonna fucking bottle and like there's no like I said there's nobody outside so I think they're like being really hyper about like who is inside because mm-hmm. they don't want it to become like a fucking one of our house parties yeah you know and so. I will also like if it's empty, they're guaranteeing at least $450 for the bar mm-hmm. by selling a bottle. But even then they were still kind of being like, maybe, maybe if you're down to buy a bottle, we can think about it. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a, oh, if you want to get in, well, here's what we have. It was like, we might let you in if you say that you're down to get a bottle, but even then it's no guarantees. And then so I was kind of like at the end of my rope. And then it turns out one of the guys who were with Riley, two of his girl coworkers were coming out. And I was like, and Riley was, was probably because we don't have any girls. I was like, it probably is, honestly. Yeah. And so he's like, well, they're about to meet up with us. And I walk into the bouncer. I'm like, all right, how much would this situation change if we were to tell you that we had like two girls coming with us? And he was like, I don't know. I, I have to talk to my manager about that. Oh, my God. And I was, I was like, even the fact that you just said that yeah. makes me know that that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then so he's like, well, you got to talk to him. And the guy's standing like right there. So at this point, he already heard me say that to this bouncer. So mm-hmm. now that bouncer is the other bouncer, the manager bouncer, head of security, is now already in his mind. Like, I'm not saying yes to this guy no matter what. But the reality is it was that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. Like, we went into the place next door, which was honestly more fun because I've been in no vacancy. And it's like you go in there and you walk in this room. And there's some like girl dressed like a fucking 1920s like flapper chick and she's like laying on a couch. And I guess the whole thing is like you walk in and she's just like empty old style looking room like the size of this studio. Mm-hmm. And they like let you in and you're just standing there like what the fuck. And then once they have enough people in the room then the girl like goes like welcome to no vacancy. And then she like pulls a book and then the fucking thing flips around and then it opens up to this like big ass bar. Mm-hmm. And then you walk in there. You you wait at the bar for like literally twenty minutes to get a drink, and then if you want to if you want to and it's like fucking like you know fifteen sixteen seventeen dollars for like a vodka soda yeah and then if you want to like 
actually have another drink after your first drink, you basically, as soon as you get your drink, you have to like go back in the line because by the time you make it back up to the bar, you'll have finished the other drink and ready for another drink. So it's like, I don't know. That to me is not, uh, you kind of got a taste of it when we were going to like frat parties and stuff back in the day mm-hmm. where like there was a certain essence in our, in our adolescent mindset. Uh, maybe you didn't feel this as much as I did, but I remember feeling like when I first went to my first college party, I was like, oh shit, like this is what a party's supposed to be like because it's like so packed and so crazy. And it's like, I'm like where it's going down, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then I quickly realized, I was like, actually this sucks because you're just like jammed into a fucking like somebody's sticky ass smelly basement, mm-hmm. like in the dark. And yeah. like girls are twerking on you. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. We hated that. We hated that. We weren't that. like looking at each other like, Oh, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I hope we never don't do this. <laughs> and then literally no other party we went to was like that. <laughs> That's the funniest part. It's like our first frat party we went to, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is college. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not. Oh, actually. it's not? Yeah, oh. it's not college. I, they definitely, it's like a coordinate. I feel like these frats, like they try to like hook you in. They try to do that. And then like you're like, <laughs> yeah, we didn't even go to, well, you went to Towson. I didn't yeah. go to Towson. Well, they were ha- Hopkins frat parties. And oh. None of us went to Hopkins. Well, I'm thinking of the one that was over by like Party City. Oh yeah, that one. But uh-huh. we also used to go downtown yeah, to the, the Hopkins, Hopkins ones. ones. Yeah. But, uh. There's I I remember Scott and I had to call him out on it, dude. I had to call him out because we were like in this place called Dirty Laundry, which mm-hmm. even in effect, I feel like the name of it is almost saying like, here's the people that aren't good enough to get into no vacancy. You mm-hmm. go to Dirty Laundry. It's like fucking the Krusty Krab and the Chum Bucket. Mm-hmm. So we went out to the fucking Chum Bucket. We went out to fucking Super Weenie Hut Jr. But the reality is it was more my kind of place because it was like a regular bar you go in there there's like a dance floor there's a bar you're not waiting crazy long at the bar they fucking you know they they're charging you like 13 dollars for a shop it's like what are you gonna do yeah and scott was like i don't know man i just feel like this bar is full of just all people that couldn't get into no vacancy and i was like motherfucker that's the most la shit you ever said that's us that is us (laughs) we couldn't get in (laughs) (laughs) like everyone in there is like well i mean it's just other people that could it's like no we're all here yeah we couldn't get in either (laughs) but it's like even the thing it made me realize and again I've, I've definitely talked about this in the past but it made me realize that like when certain people go out they don't care about you know getting like a good drink or like being able to get a drink in a timely fashion so mm-hmm. you can spend more time hanging out with your friends or like even being able to talk to your friends or any of the things that would like make a night fun for us what they care about is just the fact that they're at this place. Yeah. So that they can then say that they're at this place, that they got in, like, oh, yeah, when I walked up with, like, my boys and, like, he brought a couple of chicks that we knew, we got in, like, right away. And, like, that's, like, their thing. That's, like, how they fuel it up. It's such, like, a status thing where it's, like, you're going out not be, not to have fun going out, but to just be in a room, I guess, with other people. It's kind of like when you go to those, like, you know, people have those, like, private things, like, at the Elk Room downtown. No shade mm-hmm. to the Elk Room, but, like, there's a membership that you can pay to like get in the back room and it's like fucking like some crazy amount of money per year. And I I remember thinking, I'm like, there's no way that I could ever be at a point in my life where that, that I think it's like 10,000 or 14,000 or something insane just to be able to be in this back room. That's like Mm -hmm. closed off to the public. And it's like, what do you do back there? Does everyone just go back there? And then it's just cool because you know, everyone that's back there has enough money to blow on this thing. So it's like yeah, this it's big like, like circle you know, jerk in a way. Yeah, it's that and then also it's like it's it's like you were saying like they just want to say like oh yeah, 
me and the boys went back to the the engineers club last night. We tied mm-hmm. it back with blah blah blah. We made some big, you know, we were all talking about the big deals we were making and yep. da da da. It's just you know, it's, it's status. It's it's wanting to be in the in crowd or whatever. It's like it's all rooted in that. What people, what rich people really want is if it was socially acceptable to walk around with a giant billboard on your head saying, mm-hmm. I am rich. Yeah. Here's how much money I have. They would do that. But you can't do that because mm-hmm. it would be weird. So instead, what you have to do as a rich person who needs to let everyone know else they're rich and high status is you have to find random shit that can only be done by a person with a lot of money and then mm-hmm. do those things. So you have to have this crazy car. You don't need that crazy car. You get that crazy car because when somebody sees you in that car, they assume this guy has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You don't need the fucking, like we talked about with like paintings and shit with art. You don't need that fucking painting. That painting sucks. But what you can say is that painting costs $80,000. And then the person you're talking to can then infer, oh, so you have $80,000 to blow on a painting? You must be rich. Yeah. So you can walk into no vacancy and it's not about the fun you have. It's the fact that you can say that that's where you go out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, some people can't even get in the club. Exactly. And I don't know. I just can't get down with it. Uh, I had a great time at Dirty Laundry. Um, there's aspects of L.A. that I really love. And there's aspects of it that I honestly can't fucking stand. Mm. You know? Uh, like, uh, I caught uh, somebody sneak dissing me at the house party. It was funny. It wasn't like a... Ooh. But, like, you know, I had mentioned, like, we're from, well, me, Scott and I were like, yeah, it's my friend from Baltimore or whatever. And there were these girls that were like from like, of course, they're not from L.A. either. Mm-hmm. They're like from like fucking Michigan and some Tampa or something. And then they're like talking. They were like really nice. And it was kind of like a joking thing. And like I was talking to somebody else off to the side. And I heard them say like, yeah, like this is like the greatest city in the world. Can you honestly really say that about like Baltimore? And I heard them say that. And I was like, what would you just say? And they were like, they like repeated it. I was like. Well, technically, our benches do say we're the greatest city in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what do your benches say? Probably don't know because there's always a fucking homeless guy sleeping <laughs> on it or something. <laughs> so I kind of zinged them there. And they were like, blah, blah, blah. And then one guy got salty. He was like, oh, you're telling me Baltimore doesn't have homeless people. I'm like, oh, no, we got homeless people. We got homeless people. trying to fucking bitch Just, you a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, what do you want me to do? Like, oh, you're right. We suck. And we were talking about it. And I was, we just have less. <laughs> yeah, we have less. We have less homeless people, objectively. Um, and we were just kind of talking about just like, you know, the thing, it's hard to measure shit like that because, you know, what I was saying is like you go to a city like Baltimore and the thing is we're not a city that a lot of people tend to like, move, like people that move into Baltimore are usually generally more so from the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a city that like somebody from like L.A. is going to move to Baltimore. It mm-hmm. happens. But, you know, it's much l- more rare than somebody from Baltimore moving to L.A. So you have in Baltimore is an actual culture you have an actual culture of people that are like from an area that all kind of have like ties to the places around them like i can drive downtown and be like my grandfather worked at that fire station and like you know like my dad was an iron worker in the 80s when they built that building and my my other grandfather has a barber shop over in greektown on eastern avenue it's like you have a connection to where you're from and like ties to the place versus i said to them i was like you know la is like one giant house party it's literally like everyone's from somewhere else. None of, nobody has a real connection to where they're at. It's like everybody's on like a vacation. And that's why the first thing you ask somebody is not what high school did you go to because you assume that like, oh, like what part of town are you from? It's like, no, what part of the country are you from? Mm-hmm. So it's like there's basically there's a culture in Baltimore, but then there's uh, 
like an idea in LA. It's the idea of LA. It's kind of how we talked about like with um like just the country of America versus other countries. You go to Greece, it's Greeks. Mm-hmm. They speak Greek, they're Greek Orthodox. You know, there are people there that aren't that. There are people, obviously, every country has immigration and things like that. But like when you go to Greece, it's Greece. Mm-hmm. That's not America. America is like everyone is originally from somewhere else. So the only thing that unifies everything in America is just the idea of being in America. Like, oh, you're from India. Your family's from Italy. Your family's from Zimbabwe. We're all here. So it's L.A. is like America. And then Baltimore is like fucking just Baltimore Mm -hmm. from there, you know. So I don't know. There's like there's ups and downs to it. But it was just an interesting experience to be out there. And really this time have the confidence just to be like, you know what? Oh, I need to well, impress you. You're in your 30s now. Yeah, now that the O's are nice, I was like bitching some guy from Houston. I was mm. like, you cheating ass bastards. You guys can't win shit, boy. What are they? They deflated the baseballs. Is mm. that what they're doing? Here, I came up with an awesome diss, and nobody has appreciated it so far. And I feel like you won't either because you're not a big sports guy. But basically, the Astros won the World Series, well, mm. last year. But more re- uh, re- before that, they had won the Super Bowl, um, World Series prior to that. And they got caught cheating. And the way they were mm-hmm. cheating was, have you heard about this? They were like, this? They're like this? you know, they're scouting out stuff. They're like had plants in the crowd looking at their plays and shit, right? So ba- yeah, ba- essentially, yeah. So they had, they had people in the crowd that had like zoom lenses where they could see what pitch the pitcher was about to throw. Because mm-hmm. you can tell basically by how by he the grips grip, the ball. Yeah. And so what would happen is they had a guy all the way out like in like right field, like by the bullpen or something. And then he would be able to see the grip. Mm-hmm. And then if it was like a fastball or a specific type of pitch, they would bang on a trash can really loud. And mm-hmm. that would let the batter know God damn, that's that so crazy. what kind of pitch it was going to be. So the Astros are blue. That's their color. They're mm-hmm. blue. So I've started calling the Astros the blue man group. Because when Ooh. you go to the blue man group, they're like all in all blue cans. banging on trash cans. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like it's an objectively solid Dis, but yeah, it's it takes funny. a little bit to explain you know yeah, yeah. it's kind of like our uh, mk ultra for Michelob ultra it's mm-hmm. like these are great premises <laughs> just <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the idea is there the idea is there it's just a shame that like the amount of cultural references that need to be connected like you have to know not just that the astros cheated but exactly how they how were cheating they did it, yeah. you have to know the blue man group you have, to, have know, to know their color you have, you have to, to know, know everything the, yeah. yeah the astros color you have to know the whole thing and it's like you know like just because this joke is going to go over your head does not make it a bad joke maybe yeah, i need no, to hang out it just more means it's a home run elite surf <laughs> yeah it's a home run baby <laughs> keeping it in baseball <laughs> but yeah overall it was, it was a great it was a great time and honestly i didn't even need to come home early because it turned out that we didn't even wind up doing the acoustic thing we were supposed to do on Monday. Yeah, true. John told me Damn. that on the plane. Damn. It was the only reason I came back. before. What, and you paid for texting on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only reason I paid for texting on the plane. <laughs> was to be disappointed. Exactly. I was like, I uh, the, 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 the flight back was abysmal. Because you're like hungover. What'd you fly? Spirit, obviously. Spirit, okay. First class. Ooh. Uh, yeah. No, it was spirit, and I, I got I managed to get a middle seat both times. Okay, both fucking times. It was awful, and uh, the flight the flight there I was chilling because I had like shorts on, flip flops, like good plane outfit, you know, comfortable, and I wasn't like hungover or anything. Yeah, so I'm like you weren't sweating. Yeah, profusely. I'm just kicking it, you know. 
on the way back, I was the opposite. I'm in like mm-hmm. jeans and chucks and fucking my underwear was too tight. My balls are getting like cinched under my underwear the yeah, whole and you're for five hours. In the middle. Squeeze in the middle. Your between- nut cracking the whole trip. <sighs> and uh, I was just so fucking thirsty. I barely made the flight as usual. That's standard. But like, you know, with BWI, it's like you just got to like weave through traffic, get there, and then you're there. But with mm-hmm. there, I had to like drop off the rental, take a shuttle to the airport, Terminal 5, which is like the last stop. And it's like, it's a huge airport. Yeah, and it's, it's always humongous. fucking busy. It's humongous. And I was so thirsty on the plane that as soon as they did like uh, drink service, I just, I was like, let me get two waters, please. And then she tossed me two waters and like Michael Beckman in high school saw Yeah. And I was like, whoever was sitting next was like, hey, this guy's definitely not hungover. <laughs> not anymore. Just, oh, not anymore. I'm good to go now. Looking <laughs> Popeye, the water bottles. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something about that whole situation, but lo, I forgot. So, uh, LA, LA. What uh? What was the coolest thing you did out there? Get get kicked out of no vacancy. <laughs> that was the least cool thing I did out there for sure. Um, we were just kind of driving through the hills. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so freeing. Yeah, you, know, you like. I think the thing. Yeah, when you can kind of just like do whatever the fuck you want. I've really consolidated this down to what I think is a solid pitch. You know, not to dwell on the rental car thing, but now that now that I've really actually like I've thought about it for a while. I've experienced it. Now I can really kind of like make it a little bit more concise. It's like the only way you can truly experience a city, in my opinion, is to experience a city the way that you would experience it if you lived there. Mm -hmm. So like if you go to a place, if you have a car in Baltimore, then you're used to existing in that city as a guy with a car. And so but then you go to another place and you're just Ubering everywhere then you don't really have the experience of the of what you would what life would be like for you if you lived there. Mm-hmm. You're just getting the and experience. And then also of, like you're not when I'm Ubering, I'm like in my phone. I'm not looking out the windows because I'm just like not trying to talk to the person. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like exactly. you're not even enjoying your surroundings. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just like, uh, when the fuck is this getting there? So like we said, with New York, that's different because if you did live there, you would be riding the subway. Mm-hmm. So now you're actually getting a New York experience, which is probably why I've enjoyed New York so much when I've gone there because you inadvertently just kind of immediately fall into what it would be like living there. Yeah. You would be Ubering. You would be taking the subway. That's what you'd be doing. So you have a pretty good sense of what it's like. Mm-hmm. Here's where I live. Here's how I get anywhere. In LA, you don't get that experience because you'd probably have a car in LA. It's a driving yeah, city. Yeah. So like... All the other previous times I've been there, I was walking around or Ubering. And it's like, this would be like if I was homeless here. Mm-hmm. But like now it was like, you can almost picture yourself living there more. Once you're in a car, you park it outside of the place. You say, hey, you want to go somewhere? You're like, yeah, you walk outside, you hop in your car. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you do in Baltimore. You, you go somewhere, you hop, walk outside, hop in the car, and then you're driving on the road and you're like, I could see this. Mm-hmm. I could see this, you know? So I think it's an important thing, an important thing to remember. Did you play Grand Theft Auto Five? No, I played it in real life. Okay, I was gonna say because I I just remember the first time I drove around in L.A. I was like, the GTA got it right. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I thought you were asking if I played it while I was out there. No, 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 no. no. I did play it in real life because I was just riding around on the back of Scott's motorcycle. Okay, Hell which yeah. is another big motivator for me to a car because I like. I mean, it was fun, but at the same time, like. When you're on a motorcycle and like flip flops and shorts, you're like, dude, if I fall, yeah, I'm dead. Any amount of falling, I'm my 
my toe is fucked. Yeah. I know my toe is Your fucked. Your toe is ground down. Ugh. It's like a fucking pencil shot. What happened to my uncle's finger? Ugh. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, but no, I, I did I did play True Crime Streets of LA when I was okay. a kid. I played that a lot. And I kept on thinking about that the whole time. I was like, Hell this yeah. is exactly like True Crime Streets of LA. Just riding around, <laughs> fucking getting it. Um, I had a hypothetical that I discussed out there mm-hmm. that I think maybe, mm. not that I try to do this, but it's almost like, you know how you just kind of come up with would you rathers for fun because mm-hmm. they're like hard ones. This isn't a would you rather. This is a, another philosophical question. Mm. And this completely hypothetical. This has not happened to me. i need to say this first and foremost this is something i thought about Mm -hmm. what would happen if that happened yeah somebody hits you up yo can you drive me to the airport you're like all right fine you're picking up a fucking midnight or something like you're going out of your way Mm -hmm. to help them out like you wouldn't be driving otherwise Mm -hmm. you drive down the airport you pick them up on the way back to driving them to their house, you get a speeding ticket. Mm. Is the person you picked up in any way obligated to help you out that ticket? Mm, I don't think so. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. I would, I would think it was my own fault because I'm doing something I'm not normally doing, so I'm begrudgingly doing it. I'm probably trying to speed to get home so I can go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like a lot of things that, if you're looking at like, uh, you know, a list of whose fault it is. Yeah, there'd be a lot of things in in my own column, and the only thing in the other column is they asked me to pick them up. Yes, and it's like I can't be mad at that. Yeah, because like, but but if they if that happened and the person I picked up is like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, you wouldn't have even gotten that if you, you know, if you didn't pick me up, let me pay for it. I would accept that. Yes. But I wouldn't be like, bro, this is your fault. You got to pay for that. Yes. Um. I think, I think that's the best answer. I think split it. Split it? Yeah, that that's that's fair. I feel like that's fair. But I wouldn't be the one you wouldn't to call bring him out. that up. You wouldn't call him out, but also I've you know, it's even kind of awkward to even like ask for gas money half the time. You just kind of oh, have yeah. to associate with people that are conscious of those things. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, when you're younger and you haven't like quite dwindled down your friends to like you know, you're just like hanging out with random people. Oh, this guy was like my, this guy's roommate who's like chilling mm-hmm. with us today. Like, you don't know how that guy is. So like, he'll be the guy you go out to a restaurant and like the check comes and he throws like a $10 bill. You're like, dude, the tab was like fucking a hundred. Like, what are you doing? You yeah. know? And then you stop hanging out with that guy. But once you're like windled down to like your core group of friends, it's like everyone I associate with is, is if anything, more so trying to be the person that's like taking on that thing. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's trying to go out of their way to not be a burden, yeah. you know? So, I don't doubt that any of my friends in that situation would try to like toss me some bones. I also wouldn't ask for it. Um, but I think there is a solid case to be made um, when you consider that it's like, dude, I am only driving for your benefit. 
I didn't just decide to go for a drive at midnight to the fucking airport and back and to Mm -hmm. your airport, your house and back. I didn't decide to do that. Yeah. This is something that I would otherwise be at home getting zero speeding tickets. Zero. You don't get a speeding ticket in your house. You get other types of things going on. Yeah. Not a speeding ticket. This doesn't sound hypothetical anymore. <laughs> no, I swear this is hypothetical. I swear this is hypothetical. Okay. Um, You're but, getting heated like it's not. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is I think this is good because now like when people like when, like if I'm talking about like this happens a lot, like with my girlfriend and stuff. Like she'll tell me about something that happened to so her. So is Liv. <laughs> no, 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 no. So no, you're no. driving Liv to the airport <laughs> and you got a seating ticket at midnight. <laughs> no, this is a classic thing that I know we've talked about. Uh, just like with the difference between guys and girls is like guys are much more wired to like uh, you know if we hear something we're like immediately solutions, 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 solutions. Like we're not really we we don't really think our brains don't really operate in the way of like somebody tells you a story you're like. Wow, how, like, how do you feel about that? And also, I mean, like, we'll do that. It's not like we're fucking cavemen, but mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, it's like if a guy, if your guy friend is saying like some dude is being a dick to him at work, you're just like, yo, you gotta fucking say some shit to him, and then go to your fucking manager, and be like, look, here's a fucking deal. This guy's doing this. It's like, da blah, blah. you know, that's how, that's like, and then you get hyped. You're like mm-hmm. in a room, and you're like, dude, fuck that fucking guy. And it's not even your situation. Oh, you yeah. just hype about it. You're like figuring shit out. That's what this men do. We just fucking we see something, then we come up with like, what if I was in that situation? You watch a movie, and somebody fucking like a fucking guy comes out of the corner and mugs a couple in the movie, and immediately every guy's brain is like, what would I do in that situation? Oh, yeah. What would I do? That's why Mark Wahlberg was like, I wish I was on those 9-11 <laughs> planes. I wish I was on those planes. I would have taken those motherfuckers out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like a lot of times when guys are talking to their significant other, their girlfriends, the girl just wants to say like, this is something that's happened to me today. Mm-hmm. And as the guy, I'm like, well, here's what you got to do. And she's like, I don't want you to tell me what I have to do. Yeah. I just want to tell you this and I want you to be like, that sucks. And from a guy's perspective, we're like, what's that going to do? What mm-hmm. good is that going to do? But it doesn't make one or the other right. It's another thing I was talking about with Scott. It's like Liv told me something the other night. She was like, she saw some TikTok uh, where she was like, uh, they were saying that like, the reason why a lot of guys don't buy flowers for their girlfriends is because guys are very like, they think more like pragmatically and it's hard for them to understand like what the point is. Mm-hmm. It's like from a guy's perspective, all we know about buying flowers is that it makes the girl happy. That's yeah. all we know. We don't see, we don't understand it. We just know that that's a thing. And then you have to learn that. You get in a relationship, you don't do that, it pisses off your girlfriend, then you realize, oh, I got to start doing this like shit that mm-hmm. to me doesn't make sense, but to them it's like means like a lot. You know, that's why for Christmas you get your mom something like nice and beautiful and then you get your dad like a fucking like wrench or something. Because like a guy can be like, dad, you know, you're always needing a wrench and there's a wrench. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not you're not going to fucking take the wrench and put it in a fucking bowl on the dining room table and it's going to fucking wilt in three weeks if you don't water it. And now you don't have a wrench. It's yeah. like, no, you'll have this wrench. And in fact, when you die, I'll have this wrench. So if anything, it's like I'm buying this for me. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. So uh, but that's kind of going back to the whole like car hypothetical. That's why I'm able to talk about this completely hypothetical situation. <laughs> But being in the moment, putting myself in that position, I think you really judge someone based off of how quick they are to answer that question. Mm. Some people, if you ask that question, would be like, no. I'm like, oh, really? It's an immediate no? What makes you so sure? 
immediately, knee-jerk reaction, that it's a no. It almost makes me feel like you haven't considered the other person. Mm -hmm. It almost makes me feel like your only barometer for owing someone something is, did I directly do it? But you're not considering the fact that you indirectly did it. You indirectly got me a speeding ticket. Again, to reiterate, I wouldn't be driving if not for you. I'm doing you a favor. I'm doing you a favor. And then when I need a favor, no. It's like, I get it, but you didn't exactly tell me you were going to pay me to fucking pick you up from the airport. Mm -hmm. That costs gas money. That costs time. Time is money. Gas is money. You didn't think, let me give you some bones. Now, if you hit up your friend and said, yo, I'll give you 50 bucks to pick me up from the airport. When he said bones, I thought, like, I'll give you 56 <laughs> if you pick me up from the airport. That's more than $50. <laughs> yeah, you're that's making awesome. money. It's a great deal. You're making money at that point. I mean, honestly. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, I don't know. I think that the proper thing is, what should happen is, here's exactly what should happen. You get the speeding ticket. The person in the car says, Dude, that fucking blows. I'm. I, I'll fucking help you out with that, dude. I'll fucking. I'll fucking pay for it. That was my bet. Mm-hmm. And then the person driving goes, "No, seriously, dude. You didn't fucking speed. That wasn't on you." And then they go, "All right, I'll fucking Venmo you like for half of it." Yeah. And then the like, other let's person at least goes, split. It. Yeah. And then the other person goes, "No, dude. Seriously, you don't have to." He's like, "Nah, man. I'm fucking Venmo you right now." Yeah. That's how that conversation That's should how go. That works. Yeah. That's the correct answer, mm-hmm. and it's somewhere in the middle. You know. Yeah, that's what happened with my uh, my brother got our mom's present, and he like let me know how much it was, and then I like sent him more than that, and he was like, "Why'd you send me more? Like, what the hell?" And I was like, "Dude, because I know you. That wasn't the only thing you got. Yeah, I know you got a card. I know you got a, like gift wrap. You did all this other shit, mm-hmm. and then also you spent time doing that, and I didn't have to do that. That so is here's an- extra money. That's another factor too." <laughs> Like, you had to go to the mall. You had to yeah. talk to people. You had to, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's another thing that people don't think about. It's like another thing that, like, I wouldn't think about. But when you factor in, it's like somebody goes out and gets the gift, and you're like, maybe I'll toss, maybe I'll pay for 10 more dollars of this than mm-hmm. they asked just to make up for the time that they spent getting the gift as opposed to my ass who just sat on the fucking couch and was like, oh, how much you say it was? All right. Like, and the biggest thing you have to do is like find your phone. And yeah, fucking all you have to do is go to the calculator and divide it by two. <laughs> yeah, like you couldn't even bring yourself to do math in your head, you yeah. lazy fuck. It's <laughs> all I ask. I don't know, uh, but I thought that was uh, kind of um, intriguing. It was interesting to hear people's answers mm. on that one. Uh, what else do we have? Yeah, hit here? us up with your answers. Message us your answers. Oh, we're going to get yelled at again. We're definitely about to get yelled at again. Probably. Um, Speaking of planes, um, one final thing. When do we get rid of the smoking sign on there? Yeah, I don't know, because it's like kind of assumed at this point, I feel like. The thing, it's it's funny. It's like change it to a vape at this point, you know? It stays on the whole time. And it's like, it never goes off. What happens if it does go off? You need one in the beginning. Yeah. Like when you enter the plane, there should be like a no smoking sticker. Obviously. And that's it. Yeah. But also I think at this point, like most of the planes nowadays, they were like built when you could still smoke on a plane. That's so refreshing. they just have like all that shit built in still. 
Yeah, how old is the average plane? They're all like... Dude, they're super old. It's like you're flying in the sky in like a 96 Camry every time. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no like new fucking like 2023 plane. I mean, I'm sure there are. I'm sure I like... One. I, bet, I bet soon there will be some because yeah. like... Because I mean, we've seen how much like Southwest has been getting fucked up with their delays and cancellations. Like a lot of airlines, I think a lot of airlines planes are like on their last legs. Yes, and that's what's like that. fucking up air travel right now. Yeah. Um, I know. I, like, I was stuck in fucking Florida for like eight hours at the airport because of like some part in the air conditioner in the airplane wasn't mm-hmm. working. Like, bro, just fly it back. I don't give a fuck if it's hot. Uh, it's uncomfortable to me that anything can go wrong in a plane because mm-hmm. it's like, like even the fact that something could go wrong and then they fix it. I'm like. But it went wrong. It went wrong. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> what happens if another thing goes wrong? Yeah. I feel like they should be like fucking spaceships. Like, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, you want a new plane every time you fly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a, I, I lied when I said that I, that was the last plane thing. One final plane thing, like Jerry Seinfeld right now. What's the deal? Um, I believe Shane Gillis might have done a bit about this. If not him, then another comedian. Um, but I lived it. And uh, as a guy who occupied a middle seat both ways, Mm -hmm. I think another um, consensus that we need to come to, because all these questions, what we're really talking about here is etiquette. Mm -hmm. It's etiquette. And etiquette is different than morality. Like, morality is like, is it immoral for me to, like, rip ass right now? Mm. It's not immoral. But it's not, it's like socially frowned upon, probably. It's bad etiquette. Yeah. Is it immoral when you're talking to somebody for them to be like looking at their phone the whole time and not acknowledging anything you say? It's not immoral. It's just like, yeah, it's just bad etiquette. Like you're not conduct. Is it, is it immoral to hold your fucking fork like, like this instead of like that? No. It's I don't just, even know the difference. Well, you hold the fork like, like when you hold the fork, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, like this. Like that. But I used to hold it like this. Like my, this? Yeah. Holy shit. Like a fucking... I didn't think my wrist could do that. Like a chimp with the fucking bug stick. That's fucking crazy. You like you were sh- like shanking your food with your yeah. fork. Yeah. I made my food never forget. <laughs> um, so these things aren't immoral, but we still acknowledge certain things. I mean, maybe the fork thing is a bad example because it doesn't really affect anybody. But there are other things that do affect people that are completely about etiquette. And I think etiquette. Well, actually, I'm, I'm actually going to raise. I'm going to raise my fucking ante. I'm raising it up. This is no longer an etiquette question. Etiquette's out the window. I think that this this thing that I'm about to say, which I promise I will eventually say, is a moral thing. Mm. Um, I think that what we just discussed is kind of a moral thing too about the speeding ticket. That's a moral dilemma that is so gray that it almost just has to come down to etiquette. Yeah. Etiquette fills in the blanks that morality cannot. So we're here on the plane. I'm in the middle. Now picture yourself on a plane, on a spirit plane. I've never been on any other type of fucking plane. I mean, I have, but I don't remember it. Any type of plane where you're like, you're crammed in three seats here, three seats here, never flown first class, never flown business class, whatever. So you got three seats, aisle, three seats. I'm in the middle seat. The person on the aisle seat has privileges. Mm-hmm. What are the aisle seat's privileges? The aisle seat's privileges are, well, you get one armrest that only you can use. 
Only you can access this armrest. It's yours. Number mm-hmm. one, mano a mano. This is my armrest. Also, these seats are kind of cramped. Sucks that you guys can't put a leg out in the aisle. Fucking spread out a little bit. You know, the aisle seat can. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You have to go to the bathroom? Nobody has to get up for me to go to the bathroom. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. I can stand up, come, go as I please. Yeah, you can Plank. just stand up to stretch your legs if you want. Exactly. No one cares. You can't do that middle seat. Just yeah. stand up. Everybody's like staring at your ass in the row. You're like, sit down, dude. Sit the fuck down. Mm-hmm. You know, planes deboarding. I'm out first. Yeah. You guys better fucking figure something out because I'm as soon as this plane fucking touches the ground, I'm up. So I'll see class clear privileges. Window seat. You got your armrest over here. Only you got a you whole can, wall. You, can you got a whole on. wall. Not only do you have an armrest, you have a whole wall, and you control the vibes of the plane. Mm-hmm. If you decide you want to look outside the whole time, that's on you. The only time the plane says, "Hey, you know, you have to lift up the things," and I feel like they started doing this because people get in fights about this. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. Oh, when you're sure. when you're taking off or landing, somebody was probably like, "Hey, we're landing. I kind of want to see a city." So I was like, "I ain't fucking open this shit up." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Fuck you, open the fucking thing." But other than that, during the flight. You decide if it's up or down. Only you. And you get to lean on the wall. So that kind of gives you some room. And you got your armrest. What does a middle seat have guy have? Um, hopefully the two armrests around him. Boom. Hopefully. That's all you get. No one get. even does that shit anymore. That's all you get. You have two armrests. Everything else about your situation sucks. But you get two armrests. And yet, I'm on this plane, and this woman sitting next to me in the aisle seat, instead of, like, sleeping in this direction away from me where she leans this way, where she could lean on her armrest and not be in the middle of my seat, I'm sitting next to a guy who's, like, taller than me on this side, Mm -hmm. and this woman is leaning on my armrest kind of partially into my seat. And I'm thinking, like, and every time she would move, you know, you get in this kind of like passive aggressive type of like unspoken battle yeah. over the armrest where like as soon as she would pick up her elbow, I'd put mine down and then I'd feel her like trying to go back down and see my elbows there and then move away. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'd slip up to like look at my phone or something and then she's immediately back in there. Yeah. So it's just like a game of fucking chicken. Like who's going to, as soon as you relinquish this territory, yeah, I'm taking gonna it back. going to have a public freak out first. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> thinking like, lady, think about our situations. First of all, you're like five foot four. One of us guys should have the fucking aisle seat. You could sit in this middle seat. You wouldn't feel cramped at all. Mm -hmm. So you get the aisle seat for no reason. You've done nothing in life to deserve this. And I've, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're a fuck. I don't know. But, you you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, so like you're sitting here and then with all the privilege that you have, you still want to lean into my seat and take my armrest. So now here I am, six foot two, 210 fucking pounds in a middle seat. Can't even use my fucking armrest. Mm. Just shoulders crunched up like I'm embarrassed about something. Yeah, yeah. For five hours? This should be known shit. This should be known shit. All I have is a two armrest. There's one, two, three, four armrests. There's six arms. Six arms, four armrests. Somebody's going to have to figure something out. And I feel like we have figured it out. Fucking lean this way, lean that way. It was just kind of weird that like, I wasn't even sure if that's like like a law. Like there's so many things on a plane that are unnecessarily there, Mm -hmm. like the smoking sign that stays lit up since the year 1998. We don't need that. Get rid of the no smoking sign. We get that. 
Put the fucking, you know, in the plane intro, be like, look, if you're if you're on an aisle seat or a window seat, you can't take the middle guy's armrest. These are things that actually apply to modern day flight. Mm-hmm. Yet we don't mention But it's them. like they're all unspoken rules. And then I fear I fear for the day where I have to confront someone about it because like what's my backup? You know what I mean? It's an unspoken rule. It's not written down. Mm-hmm. If they if they're like, um, let's call the flight attendant over here, they'd be like, Well, it is common courtesy to give the middle seat the both armrests, but it's not a rule. And like, okay, perfect. That's all I needed to know. Okay. Yeah. Like it's I think it would probably just cause more fights than anything. But here's the other thing though. In the same way that they took the window situation mm-hmm. and made it a rule. Didn't used to be a rule. True. But then enough people started having conflicts about it because it seemed immoral that just because you randomly got selected on this window seat that you can now control whether or not I can look out the window when I'm flying into a new city. It's immoral. It is kind of immoral. (laughs) Not everything about morality has to be life or death. There's certain things that are just... There's just certain things that are just like, it is a, a, an issue of morality, and this is one. And so the plane companies saw that, mm-hmm. and they said, hey, guess what? We're now going to make this an actual rule. And now, when they walk down the aisles, if they see some, where they're landing, and they see some guy hasn't flipped up his window, they go, sir, can you please flip up your window? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that? If we evolved as a society to the point where they walk down the aisle, and I'm sitting there like fucking this, and they said, ma'am, give him the armrest. Yeah, that would that would be crazy. I don't know if I don't know if I'd like that. I would have liked that. <laughs> I would have loved that. I would have loved I that. I mean, here's the thing. You got to have a leg to stand on. I'm 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 a, a uh, early check-in kind of guy, and if I can pick my seat, I prefer that. So I'm always picking window or aisle, or I'm trying to get in the A or early B boarding class, mm-hmm. just to make sure I don't have to. Because like I don't even know that's I've how done that works. That. I've done that shit many times before. Like I've, uh, you know, had to sit middle aisle for business travel or whatever the fuck. I just sit middle middle aisle going over to Europe, and that was terrible mm-hmm. because then also those the seats people. You're you're scrunched in, and then since it's like an eight plus hour flight, people are putting their chairs all the way back. Mm-hmm. So I'm already squeezed in on my fucking X and Y axis, but now my Z oh, is also no. getting fucking pushed into my D, <laughs> and it's just fucked up. And like you have to fucking like you can't. I couldn't just be like, hey, don't lean back, don't enjoy your flight. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to like subtly knee them. You have to like fake a a tick that you're like you know bouncing your leg but in reality you're just fucking like bumping the fuck out of their backs and like hoping that they notice and stop i mean it sucks but that's just what you gotta do that's what you gotta do for now yeah but uh my flight didn't even have reclining seats why well, good. Because they knew the plane that- was made before they invented that shit. <laughs> because they realized that that too causes problems, and yeah. so one by one, and this is this is really the point that I think I'm getting to on a deeper level here. When you have freedoms, 
and you don't use them responsibly, you lose them. Mm-hmm. Use it or lose it. So what happened? People used to have the freedom to recline on a plane, mm-hmm. but then people did it irresponsibly. They took advantage of that. And then enough people got like, dude, what the fuck? I'm already crammed in this fucking middle seat. Now I got this guy leaning back. I can't do shit. I can't even watch a goddamn movie now Mm -hmm. because the guy's fucking leaning in my shit. I'm just trapped here for a flight over the Atlantic. That fucking blows. And so where'd they go? They were too pussy to just walk down the aisle and say, hey, dude, clearly you should not be reclining right now. Mm -hmm. Observe your situation. Luckily, the only saving grace for me during that whole trip was we hit a lot of turbulence. Mm. Any time we hit turbulence, everyone had to get their seats straight up. Mm Mm-hmm. So like there was like a, a a hawk of a flight attendant that kept coming by and being like, "Excuse me, ma'am, you got to put your seat up. We're in turbulence. Like wait until the captain turns the light off and then you can recline again." And I just kept being like, "Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, bitch. thank you, fuck you, thank you." <laughs> so uh, yeah, so then spirit took heed and and said, uh, "Just nobody's allowed to recline now." Mm-hmm. It's like anything else in life. You're you're at work, and then you're drinking on the job at a bar and then one guy gets too fucked up and now nobody's allowed to drink Mm -hmm. i'm playing at one of my gigs i used to get a comp tab enough musicians were abusing the comp tab going over and be like oh could you still get that for free it's only like 10 more dollars and then i get a call going nobody's allowed to have comp tabs anymore Mm -hmm. like i never did that i always just took the comp and paid the rest now i can't get a comp tab because some other asshole yeah so it's like i would rather instead of just taking shit away from us you know, because the alternative to that, like what you just described, is you just take away armrests now. Now nobody has an armrest. Mm. That's basically, it's like, what are you going to do? Or honestly, note, I would prefer uh, if they took away the armrest, but then put up like the COVID plastic dividers. That would honestly Because then you don't have to fucking touch anyone. Yeah. I fucking, I hate just like randomly brushing up against strangers yeah, it's, on flights. It's, it feels so gross to me. I don't weird, know why. Because you're like, you have this like immensely intimate relationship yeah. with the person next to you where it's like, I, I don't know you at all. I don't know you. And like you're sitting here, you're seeing what I'm watching. Essentially, we're just in a floating bus right now. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to fucking touch anyone on a bus either. Like it's not even like a... Oh, well, they're on an airplane, you know, don't worry about it. It's like, no, I don't want to touch anyone. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> so many solutions for planes. Uh, and uh, yeah, mine is just the no arm rest sign. Whatever. People don't like it. Fine. Stick with your fucking no smoking sign that's been unnecessary since for the past 20 years. Um, one final thing, because I believe that uh, well, I thought people were coming by. Uh, one second. What is this text? We're not coming by. <laughs> We're not coming by. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, this is just kind of a sad story. Not really sad, but just jeez. Oh, made me feel stupid. So on the podcast page, mm-hmm. um, we got followed by an account called Two Blondes Go Abroad. Mm. And it's just like, I guess these two girls... Who, who go abroad. Who go abroad. I don't know. They followed the podcast. I think it said, like, originally from here, and now we're both in Baltimore or whatever. And I saw in their description, it said, um, two Roanoke College alumna mm. uh, living in Baltimore. So I was like, 
Alumna. I've never seen that word before. You know, because I'm thinking like alumnus, alumni. Mm-hmm. So I look into it. It turns out that alumna is the female singular term for alumnus. Like alumnus is neutral mm-hmm. or masculine. Alumna, you're a female alumna of your school. Damn, no, it's crazy. I was trying to look them up um, and their account went mm. private. Don't spoil it. Oh, okay. So I looked into it and I realized that, oh, alumna is the singular. But their their whole thing is like we're two blondes go abroad. Mm-hmm. So the plural is alumnae. N-A-E. So I don't know. I feel like I was in one of like my autistic uh, spirals or something the other <laughs> night. And I randomly decided to let them know that. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to be as nice as possible. And I said, because I'm thinking like they're obviously trying to brand something. It would be better if they branded it correctly, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I said, hey, guys, not at all trying to be a dick, but I read your bio when you followed us and Googled the plural for female alums is alumnae. Alumna is singular feminine. The more generic plural alumni also works because it's neutral. But alumnae does sound cooler, I'll say. Anyway, I learned something new today, so thanks. Happy following. Jim. They blocked me. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, because I tried to look it up, and it says they still followed us, and then I tried to click on their page, and we're like stuck in requesting a follow. So block makes sense, because I was like, I can't read the description. It just made me feel so like... (laughs) Dumb. I didn't feel so dumb. I was like, I was really trying to be nice and like. They didn't even give you a college try. Not even a college try. Just like, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those situations where they saw like, ew, this guy is like, this is like the weirdest attempt at like hitting on me. I don't even know what their perception was. Like, did they read that and be like, this guy's a fucking weirdo? Maybe. I mean, I guess that technically is slightly weird. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of weird. But like, if somebody hit me up, and like noticed something uh, that was like wrong with something and it was like constructive, I'd be like, oh, thanks. Like one of my other friends from the neighborhood when we grew up, he posted a picture that said congrat or classic. This is this is another thing real quick. Um, the new thing, it's another of my tweets that just went crazy with four likes. Um, Hell yeah. The new thing is as a millennial, what you have to do is you have, I think I posted this on the uh, podcast too, but what you have to do is you have to go to someone else's wedding mm-hmm. and then take a picture of you and your date to the wedding and not have the people who were actually having the wedding anywhere in the photo and just in the caption, make it like congratulations to the whoever. But it's like weird because it's like just you and your girlfriend at a wedding in like a good picture and then you're making the post about their wedding, but it has nothing to do with their wedding. It's just a good picture of you and your significant other. So I've just noticed that that's a thing that I see a lot, and uh, which is fine. It's no, uh, nothing immoral about that, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it could be bad etiquette. could be bad. It could, one could make that argument. Um, I won't do that. I won't bore you with that argument. But what I will say is that one of my friends, my old friend, neighborhood friends posted something, and he said, congratulations to the Westovers. But he spelled Westovers with an apostrophe, apostrophe S. JT would do this to me all the time because I didn't know that rule back then. So I'd be like, 
when I had the band Jimmy and the Seleskis, mm-hmm. I had an apostrophe S. And mm-hmm. he went, well, he would, you know how JT was about grammar? He'd be like, well, I just don't understand why you have the apostrophe. And I'd be like, what? He's like, it's not supposed to be that. I'm like, oh, so it's supposed to be fucking S-K-Y-S? That's fucking mm-hmm. weird. He's like, yeah. I was like, all right. So finally I caved. This is 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So then I just saw that this other guy posted a picture, Westovers with an apostrophe. And I just commented. I said, apostrophe police with a cop and a siren. Mm-hmm. And then he said, oh, shit, thanks. Fixed it. And then I commented back, thanks, with like an apostrophe S mm-hmm. as like a joke. And then I saw him post that picture on Facebook the next day with no apostrophe. Ooh. And I thought, see, constructive education. Constructive. I would appreciate that somebody said something like that to me. Mm. Apparently, the two blondes that went abroad, all the learning experiences they're having, going abroad, learning two from different Two broads went blonde. <laughs> Forgot their grammar. Yeah. Punctuation. <laughs> wow, dude. Wow. <laughs> so, shout out to you guys. Also... I don't know. It kind of looks weird. It could have been a fake account. Maybe yeah, it, was, it might just be a fake account. Maybe it was too. like a bot account. They knew I would say something. <laughs> yeah. And then they just fucking, when I did say something, they were like, perfect. Now we can like delete our account and make him feel like a douchebag. <laughs> fucking like planned demolition. Whatever. Um, I thought we were supposed to have a podcast come in after this. Uh, I don't know where anybody is, but I guess we could probably wrap up regardless. Nice little Word, slob yeah. cast. Exactly. Um, just getting back into the swing of things. Yep. 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 Um, any plugs coming up? Fuck no. Fuck that, dude. Um, what do I got? Nothing this weekend, guys. I mean, I do play this weekend, but they're like, they're kind of like semi-private events. Um, so you can't come. Uh, but well, I guess if you are in Bel Air and you're a member of the Moose Lodge, you could come see me at the Bel Air Moose Lodge on Friday the 29th, 7 to 11 p.m. Um, Saturday is an actual private, private event. Um, but outside of that, every Tuesday at Perennial in Towson, 5 to 8.30. Um, uh, it's also the first weekend of the month. And you know what that means. It means Valley Inn every first Friday. Uh, this Friday will be October. This co- next Friday will be October 6th. That'll be Valley Inn 5 to 8. And um, up in, you know, Lutherville, Brooklynville, whatever. And uh, Nacho Mama's every first Saturday of the month. Nacho Mama's in Towson, Towson, not Canton, Towson, uh, from 4 to 7. That is Saturday, October 7th. Also, notable things to know about Saturday, October 7th. Assuming nothing crazy happens through the remainder of the season, the baseball season, that is, the Orioles will be going into the American League playoffs as the number one seed, which means that game one of the playoffs will be Saturday, October 7th, and maybe if you're someone that knows me or knows people that know me, then you will probably be hanging out with me on that day, perhaps, maybe, and we'll be able to watch it together, and uh, I'll explain that later. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, other than that, at Jimmy Seleski across the board, at Sophomore MD, sorry for lying about the acoustic thing. John made me a liar. I wasn't trying to lie. I was lied to. I'm yeah. Well, I think the problem was the te- the desk wasn't tiny enough. It wasn't tiny enough, and we, that's why we wanted to make a grimy desk concert. But mm-hmm. maybe it's not grimy enough. No, yeah. shouts out to John. He got a got lot got going grimy. on. I, I I knew it was like really asking a lot for us to make it work, and so uh, I guess when he's back, we'll do that. So it'll be cool. Um, but yeah, at LFTS Podcast, at Eric Glazer across the board. Till next time, folks. Peace. Peace.